I'm going to kill you slowly. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to episode 116 of Comical Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Corbett, and with me is... Merman. Merman. How you doing, man? I'm back. We haven't seen you in a while. I know. I've been fishing. You've been fishing? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) How you doing, Miguel? I'm doing just fine. How about yourself? Doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. I'm super stoked. I am, too. We have a returning guest on the show. That's Uh, not why I'm stoked. (laughs) (laughs) You don't care about him? (laughs) Wait a minute. The guy... uh, When were we supposed to start this? (laughs) I'm just saying. (laughs) Mr. Ben Krieger is back to talk about Boxy to Death again. How are you doing, Ben? Uh, great. It's great to be here again. We're happy to have you. You sure about that? <laughs> you sure he's happy to be back? I don't feel the enthusiasm. I don't feel the love. Dude, it's like way too early. I don't get up this early. He <laughs> <laughs> got up early just for us. He's not at the mall. <laughs> no, that's true. Last time that's we recorded with Ben, uh, he was calling us from his cell phone in the parking lot of the mall while his family shopped. And it was a great interview. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was like one of the greatest ever. <laughs> People are like probably walking by, what's that guy doing in the van? <laughs> <laughs> well, cool. We got a lot to go over today, and we will get to talking about Black State of Death in just a few minutes. But first, we're going to go over this week's comics. So uh, what were your top three books this week, Miguel? Uh, number two, Thanos, the Infinity Finale, Jim Starlin and Ron Lim. It's actually my pick of the week. Uh, I feel like it's one of the best Thanos books we've had in a long, long time. It's freaking amazing. But it's, it's Jim Starlin, so I'm not surprised. I don't know that guy. Uh, it's an original graphic novel, one of the hardcover books. They've done three of them. They did uh, Infinity Revelation, Infinity Relativity, and then Infinity Finale. And it's three hardcovers that all go together in one story. And I think that Thanos versus Hulk kind of fits into that story a little bit too, which I'm, I think that's available as a trade paperback. But, man, it's fantastic. Um, Thanos was obliterated in the second book. He's no longer in existence. Uh, his dead form goes and meets Lady Death. And, of course... You know, she coaxes him back to life. She tells him that she has a quest for him. He has to come back to existence because otherwise Annihilus is going to wipe out everything and everybody. So he comes back to life, and his goal is to try to find Adam Warlock because the two of them together should be able to defeat Annihilus. But he can't find Adam Warlock. Uh, lucky for him, Pip the Troll is still stashed aboard Annihilus's base where he manages to find Adam Warlock and free him. Pip, Pip, cheerio! And, you know, there's this <laughs> knockdown dragout fight between Annihilus and his legions. And all the Avengers, all the heroes of Earth, all the galactic heroes, and Thanos, of course. Sorry, every time I hear that guy's name, Annihilus, I start thinking bad thoughts. (laughs) It's taking me the wrong way. (laughs) I think they did that shit on purpose. Probably so. Probably so. But Annihilus wipes out almost everybody. I mean, he kills pretty much everybody that resists him, except for Thanos, because Thanos is just too strong. And even... Even Thanos can't really stand up to the might of Annihilus' army when it gets as strong as it is now. Mm-hmm. So uh, Adam Warlock gets freed by Pip, and instead of coming to like fight one-on-one, he wipes out all of existence because he's out of control of his powers. So he obliterates everything. And you, know, you would think that would just mean the whole page goes white and that's the end, but really everything goes white, and Adam Warlock and Thanos are the only two creatures in existence that are still kind of floating. <laughs> Let me stop you real quick. Now, we argue about this in the past, how artists do this white stuff on the book. Oh, they just got lazy. Ah, eh, we just a couple of white pages. There was like several white pages in that book. <laughs> there, there was, but there was also art on the white pages. And a balloon with words. 
Well, they were showing they were showing something. They were showing the non-existence of it all. Like, I mean, it actually had a purpose. It wasn't just like, hey, there's two guys walking through the snow, <laughs> and like, here's speech bubbles, and like, all you can see is the speech bubbles. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> but let me go ahead and before you continue on, I like Thanos, I really do. But when you start talking about the innerverse, the outerverse, the whatever verse. It just gets too too complicated. I don't think the simple-minded people like myself and like like what the existing guys, the celestials get wiped out. Now all of a sudden, there's somebody bigger than. It's just like there's always somebody bigger. Well, there is. I just prefer when he just straight up fighting, fighting with the Avengers, fighting against the Avengers, whatever. Like, yeah, but that's been done to death. Like with Thanos, you, there's a constant state of escalation. Like he can't always be Thanos versus the Avengers because Thanos always wins. It can't always be Thanos versus Galactus because Thanos always wins. Like he has to keep elevating his game and going to the next bigger level, otherwise it becomes boring and repetitive. I don't buy books that think. <laughs> Maybe the book wasn't written for you, but <laughs> that, you, that, those days are over, it, man. You put, you put it as your number two, so obviously you enjoyed something about it. Yeah, it was a lot of ass kicking in that book. I there, liked there it. There was, there was. <laughs> but of course, Thanos and Adam Warlock do take it to the higher powers and uh, manage to resolve everything in a pretty interesting way. I'm not going to give away the ending, but and the higher powers are always a bunch of dicks. Well, yeah, of course. <laughs> Cosmic entities of the Marvel Universe. You would be, too, if you were pretty much all-powerful. <laughs> no, I'd be a loving guy like I am now. You get bored with being good to people in about 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah, let me, let me fuck with this guy. <laughs> people deserve it. <laughs> yeah, but the book is great, man. It really is. Uh, if you haven't read these, I highly recommend picking them up. The first one, Infinity Revolution, I think it is, is pretty good. The second one, Relativity, is just kind of okay. But the finale, man, it's excellent. Just absolutely great. The last page. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, pick it up. I think you'll really enjoy it. I did. So uh, that was your number two. My number two was a new book from Brian Wood and Gary Brown called uh, Black Road Number One. Uh-huh. Um, this is a new book from Image, and it's all about the Christian occupation of Norway and this, this one Viking or this one former Viking that it follows called Magnus. And he's this huge hulking man who kind of gets – Ultra Magnus? Not Ultra Magnus. Okay. No. <laughs> he's just a Viking. But he gets hired to protect these, uh, these Christians. Like There's a preacher or a cardinal or something, and he has to protect him going from one town to another because the Vikings are so resistant to the Christian occupation. They want to just kill anybody and everything that's even slightly related to that religion. So there's this one Viking who's basically a scab. Like, he switched sides. <laughs> He's a mercenary. Traitor! Um, and, you know, it's bloody, it's brutal. He fights people, and it's, you know, exactly what you expect a Viking fight to be. I love Vikings. I've always been a big fan of that that era of history. Um, and I like the whole Norwegian thing. I mean, you know, I'm a big metal head, so mm -hmm. all that kind of fits in with what I enjoy. And when I first started reading this book, I was like, wait a minute, this is a Jesus book. Why would this guy pick up a <laughs> Jesus book? What is going on here? I'm reading it, reading it, reading it, reading it, reading it. Like, what, what, what? It's more of a, I missed the whole a, Viking thing, dude. It's more <laughs> of a, a loose historical fiction kind of thing, but I really liked it. I did too. I enjoyed it once the fighting started. I mean, I didn't mind, but I was like, Oh, I don't know. I don't fucking read this book. But it was okay. I'm I'm dogging here, but it was good. The Magnus guy's pretty cool, and he's trying to help these people out. And you're like, what's going to happen here? It's about to hit the, about to get nasty up in there, man. Yeah. <laughs> those dudes are those Viking guys are merciless, man. They really are. Oh man, it was pretty impressive. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to reading more of it for sure. Um, did you like the art? I did. It's uh, definitely a unique style. It's kind of uh, ink blotty mm -hmm. in a lot of pages, but. Um, it, it fits the, the story really well, I feel. I thought the way it was drawn with the jaggedness and how it looked, I thought it looked really cool. I thought it made the book even more authentic. You know, it had that feel back in the day type thing. Yeah. It, it's really good. I'd, I'd give, yeah, I'd give it a good strong thumbs up. Cool. I liked it too. That was my pick of the week, by the way. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, well, what was your number one then? 
Taking it back to the class. Diddler class number 20. Rick Remender and Wes Craig. Are you looking at my cheat sheet? Is that what was going what? on? No. <laughs> That's my number one as well. Dude, this book is nasty. It's just like, it just picks up. It never stops. Well, if you remember in the last issue, Marcus and Petra and the other guy were on the run because they fought the Russians and they managed to escape. And they're hiding out in this apartment. It's like abandoned apartment building, and they're just reminiscing about what life used to be like when they lived on the streets or when things were bad, and uh, talking about what they need to do in the future because they can't really go back to the school without getting killed. They feel, and even if they didn't get killed, even if they survive the next eight hours and make it through graduation, graduation. Day, <laughs> then uh, they don't really want to go back and be forced to be assassins. So they're trying to move on and get out of town, get out of Dodge, basically. Damn, man, when I graduate, I just want to make sure I didn't fall down picking up my diploma. <laughs> I don't about getting killed. <laughs> but, of course, things never go as they're supposed to. Uh, the other guy who's with Marcus and Petra is a traitor, and he's kind of giving their position away to the, the chubby guy that's kind of running the school. I hate that guy. I kind of hate that guy, too. And, of course, the Russians come right back at him, hitting hard, and Marcus and Petra have to fight their way out. Um, the action and the violence is just nonstop. It's, it's such a good series. The whole scene with Victor on the car, man. Yeah. Shooting through the glass. <laughs> yeah, Marcus steals a car. Victor's sitting on top of it, just just trying to shoot him through the windshield. Uh, Marcus busts out the windshield and grabs the gun, and they're like driving down the road downhill at like 100 miles an hour. Cops as the guy him. fires the gun, the cops are chasing him. He slams on the brakes and tries to throw Victor. It doesn't work, so he speeds back up and tries it again, and it still doesn't work. Like, I'm still here. <laughs> and then uh, he slams into somebody to like mess him up to throw him off. And then gets out and starts running, and of course the cops stop and, and catch Victor, which pisses Victor off. <laughs> you don't know if he's going to like have a, a gun battle with the cops or not. Oh, he'll take him out. You know he is. Yeah. It's super violent, super action-packed, uh, just a lot of fun. I was waiting for him to pull his pants out and spray, witness. <laughs> I don't think he's trying to go to ball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Deadly class is great, man. This graduation thing has been going on for how long now? <laughs> like eight issues. Yeah, it's been a it, while. It's just a lot of murder, a lot of people getting... I don't forgot people's names. It's like uh, that black-haired chick. Oh, don't forget about the black guy. He's a piece of crap. Yeah, he he betrayed them, of course. That fig- Finn figures. Yeah. <laughs> traitor. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I had to throw that in there. Because there's yeah. a lot of traitor today. I had a traitor in here, a traitor there, a traitor, you know. Just reminds me of him. All right, traitor. Nice. <laughs> okay, well, that was our, pick, our three picks of the week. Wow. Uh, what about you, Ben? Have you read anything recently you'd like to talk about? Uh, I've been mostly writing. Um which is uh, uh, good, but it doesn't leave me much time to read. Um, however, I uh, did pick up, uh, um, I'm reading uh, the new Power Rangers series by Boom. And I originally picked it up just you know, out of nostalgia of this you know, cheesy show that I watched when I was a kid. Turns out the book is really good. <laughs> <laughs> I've been hearing that from a lot of people. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't get a chance to make it to the shop the week that it came out, so I didn't pick it up. But I've been hearing from a lot of people how good it was and how surprised they were at how good it was. Yeah. Well, you know, you thought maybe they'd play up more of the cheesiness, which, honestly, if I was writing it, I probably would have. But uh, <laughs> thank God they didn't. Um, you know, it's still very much Power Rangers, and the series takes place um, right when Tommy joins the team, and they're doing this uh, cool thing where uh, Rita's like still inside his head, and he's trying to be a good guy, but Rita keeps popping up and telling him that he's you know worthless and he's never going to be a Power Ranger. They're never going to accept him, and so it's really cool just seeing this character um, go through the struggle, and that's something that you know the show just. They they did it, but not as well. 
And so it's really exciting to, you know, see this fun show be a little more serious. Yeah. And so I'm enjoying that series a lot. I need to get to the shop and get the next issue. Is, is it as serious as the uh, the trailer for the, the fake movie version was? Did you watch that? <laughs> yeah, I really enjoyed that. It's not that serious because that, <laughs> that, that goes into like rated R territory, which yeah. I thought was interesting. I enjoyed that short film and. Uh, I think the filmmaker is actually getting sued or something like that right now. But, um, yeah, that was a lot of fun. So is Tommy the Green Ranger or is he the White Ranger? Both. Ah. So he's he's uh, recreated the Green Ranger as her ranger to defeat the Power Rangers. And then eventually he swaps team and becomes a good guy. And uh, it gets to a point where, um, you know, they're always getting new and different powers. And when he finally commits to being a good guy... Uh, 100%. He's uh, granted the White Power Ranger powers from Zordon and uh, becomes, you know, the main leader. Cool. Yeah, that was my favorite one with Tommy and when he's green and went to white. I remember trying to get a White Power Ranger when he first came out. It's kind of hard. Yeah. yeah. I think that was from when he became the White Ranger on. That's when I really started watching the show regularly. You know, I was like, I don't know, 15 or 16 by then. So it wasn't actually geared towards uh, teenagers. I was geared towards uh, kind of a younger audience. But uh, when he started fighting Zed, I thought the series got a little better. How, how old are you, Ben? Now I'm uh, 38. Okay. I'm, th- I'm about to be 34, so I guess I was probably like 12 when it, when it was big, right around that time. I remember yeah. that, too. I remember that's about when I started really getting into it, too. <laughs> so that makes me feel really bad, because I'm about to be 45, so... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, shut up. <laughs> Lord Zed was the bomb, man. At the big Z. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Power Rangers movie rocked. Had Van Halen at the end, man. <laughs> I just I just watched it again with my kids. I was like, wow, the CGI is terrible. <laughs> I own that movie on DVD, on on VHS, man. <laughs> That's how long ago it was. That's, shut up, man. <laughs> I'm in a beta, dog. No, just... <laughs> well, cool. That that sounds like a fun read. Uh, I, I will have to pick that up and check it out. Yeah. Um, been a while since I've read any Power Rangers related stuff. Too busy reading Batman and Turtles, man. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's move on. Um, ben, so you are returning as the uh, creator of Black Suit of Death, or one of the creators of Black Suit of Death. Yeah. Um, you're you're starting your second Kickstarter on the 19th. April 19th at noon is when we're launching it. Um, it's been a while since people last heard you, so why don't you refresh their memories and tell them what Black Suit of Death is all about. Sure. The Black Suit of Death is uh, what I call the true story of the Grim Reaper. My cohort and I, uh, Ed Ellsworth, we um, began this journey about, uh, God, 20 years ago. We attempted to make uh, a short film based on a parody of Scream that we had uh, created. (laughs) And uh, we fell in love with this Black City character, uh, called him the Black City Death. And um, when we uh, got into making comic books, we decided that um, instead of struggling to make a film, because, you know, we never have enough money to do that, uh, we're going to take this character and make him into a comic book. And that took on a uh, sci-fi spin. So the Black City Death is... um, the story of an alien biomechanoid suit that finds its way onto Earth about 10,000 years ago. And throughout human history, it's had a whole bunch of different pilots. 
And instead of the Grim Reaper having a supernatural origin, his origin is uh, set in a non-supernatural world uh, where the myth is actually based on this alien suit. And throughout the 10,000 years, it's had different pilots. Um, whenever there's been you know, mass carnage, it's uh, been attributed to the Black Suit of Death. Uh, so the plagues of Egypt from the Bible, uh, all that murder was done by the Black Suit of Death. He was kind of the angel of death. Um, the guy from the River Styx and uh, the old Greek mythology and stuff, that was uh, Black Suit of Death. The Black Plague, that was actually the Black Suit of Death. And so on and so forth. And so the comic is kind of a historical tale, a retelling of history. As um, people see this thing, they don't understand it, so they created this myth around it. And that uh, became our Grim Reaper myth. The ongoing series, which is starting with Black Suit of Death number one, which is what we're kickstarting on April 19th, is, takes place uh, in present day. And it uh, is surrounded by the modern day pilot, uh, Ed Grimes. Not actually named after my co-writer. It was actually named after my dog, who was named after uh, Ed, Ed, and Eddie from the <laughs> whole cartoon. <laughs> Jawbreakers, man. Jawbreakers. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, uh, so the modern-day pilot is this uh, graphic design student going to community college. Uh, and um, he uh, suffers from depression and post-traumatic stress disorder, not unlike his writers. Uh <laughs> Anyways, he just uh, he has a really really bad day, which happens in issue one, and uh, he just he breaks. He uh, can't do it anymore, so he decides he's going to commit suicide, and um, isn't quite brave enough to. Or I, don't, I shouldn't use the word brave. <laughs> he can't do it himself, so he goes out into the desert to die of exposure instead. A bad way to go, man. Yeah, very bad. <laughs> Um, but this leads to him discovering the black suit of death, which has been dormant for some time. And it, the suit takes over him, decides, uh, that Ed is going to be the next pilot and it takes over him. So now, uh, not only is he living his life dealing with, you know, the regular crap that goes on, but, uh, now he has to deal with all these urges to kill people that the suit finds unworthy. And, uh, I think that's the shortest way I can say it all. <laughs> Could you imagine if the black suit of death chose me? That would be bad for everybody. <laughs> we already established if you had any kind of power, all you would do is fuck with people. <laughs> yeah, but people wouldn't die. <laughs> 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 I shall cleanse the world. You're giving everybody set to see me or something. In my image. There's <laughs> <laughs> a lot of black in this book. Where's yeah. the white suit of death? <laughs> that comes later. That comes later. Oh yeah, sequel. Yeah. <laughs> He's like going out in the desert. Kind of sucks. He's got to become the white, the white suit of the Nice. Desert. He's gonna go from black to white. Yeah. Yeah. You racist bastard. <laughs> wow. But seriously, going out in the desert and dying—that's that's a lot of suffering. That is a lot of yeah. suffering. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna say bullet to the head would have been a lot faster. Oh, this kid's messed up, man. Yeah, but I'm wondering now. Well, this is a college student. He's broke. He can't afford a gun. That's true. You can just pick a fight with people, go in the neighborhood and say some <laughs> bad things. And <laughs> Now, here's a question for you. Now, you said he, he, you know, he went and ended it, so he walked out in the desert, and that's when the soup found him. I wonder if the soup, like, called him? Could it, like, oh. could it, like summon him? You know, like, we're, we're, we're not, we're not going to reveal that yet. Ah. See, I told you I got a mind. I got warped, warped up in here. <laughs> 
we got we got a whole universe built around this character, and there's all these uh, subplots and uh, things that we've created over the years. And we last year we began what we call a Black Suit of Death Bible, and that contains everything about this universe. So all the characters, all the plot lines, all the secrets that uh, will be revealed throughout the series and. That has helped uh, Ed and I keep track of all our crazy ideas that we have. That's freaking awesome. Yeah. You imagine this book makes it big time. That book right there, the, go- the gospel, <laughs> the <Yeah>. black book, <laughs> that yeah. will be like a, like, it's like a Harry Potter type thing, man. It's going to be like a keepsake. You're going to need to have it like when you're playing Dungeons and Dragons, figure out who the hell is what. This yeah. person that you're flipping to, this guy has a level of power of five, slaps you with a stick or whatever. <laughs> You say slaps you with his dick? <laughs> no, I said stick, but I did think that in my head. <laughs> he takes you to Valhalla. There you go. That's what he we need. We need somebody in that book with chrome nuts. <laughs> no, but I was thinking this too now, and I'm not. You know, I'm not going to dog. You know, I'm going to support your Kickstarter yet again when it comes when it comes time to get launched because I think this book is going to be amazing. It's it's going to be great. But how awesome would it be? And I'm going to use you as an example there, Mr. JC. Since you're dealing with your own little book with demons and witches, how awesome would it be if if y'all did like this, like Chew slash Revival crossover? That would be freaking weird. It'd be freaking amazing, though. I think it would be, I could see it actually happening in my head. I'm seeing down in the future that your two books could cross up. Oh, that's, that's giving me the heebie-jeebies. I'm not, I'm not sure it would work in continuity with, with our two different stories. I mean, Ben's read Speak No Evil. Uh-huh. And I've read yeah. I've read what he sent me of Black Suit of Death. I read the Eyes of March and the the prequel story, if you will. Hey, uh, hey, I read anything. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's gonna be like that now. I see. <laughs> he, he sent it to all of his Kickstarter supporters. You should have gotten the email. I might have. Uh, I think it was. It might be one of those times when I ran out of G's. I don't know. There's a lot of backers that didn't respond to that. Like I'm really disappointed. I was like, here, you backed my thing. Yeah, it wasn't successful, but here's a free little book. And uh, only like, I don't know, maybe 20% of people responded. That's crazy. Man. Yeah, I was surprised. I was having internet problems. <laughs> I responded. I got it. I mean, uh, and, huh. you know, it's a really cool book. I mean, it's a, is there a place people can go and get the prequel story if they want to beforehand, Ben? Yeah. If you go to uh, Comixology and look up Black City of Death, it's on there. It's also on Kindle, uh, Drive Through Comics. And if you want a print copy... We finally have an online store. Awesome. It only took me like seven years. <laughs> uh, if you go to warriorinkeeper.com slash shop. We'll definitely tweet that out later. Yeah, we have a store with all the comics that we publish that are in print right now. Very cool. Yeah, I mean, you, you've taken care of your uh, your backers. I mean, you gave everybody the Black Suit of sketchbook when the first campaign didn't quite get there. And then yeah. to create buzz for this one you give away the eyes of march um i'm kind of surprised so many people just didn't respond to the email but that's their loss i guess they, they missed out <laughs> you know they probably think you know okay it didn't make it or whatever so we're not you know whatever they let it go and went on to the next thing who knows i don't know you were pretty close to getting Dumb funded though, you? didn't you just barely <laughs> we were miss? we were at 42 percent which was uh i think it was i want to say 2184 so you know to be able to raise uh over two thousand dollars is really really exciting and it, it's uh when we failed to meet goal it wasn't a oh we suck kind of feeling it was like holy crap we raised 42 percent of our goal that is a lot for someone that 
isn't known outside of you know the Northwest. I haven't done, haven't been able to afford any cons outside of uh, Oregon and Washington. Actually, the past past few years, I haven't been outside of Oregon, mm-hmm. and uh, it was really exciting to see that um, we had like international backers and stuff, and that you know people around the world were excited about our our project. We had sixty six backers. That's awesome. And um, so we figure we need about 130 to meet goal this time, maybe 140. So <laughs> instead of uh, – that's that's kind of my goal is just to get as many back as, as I possibly can, even if it's you know just a dollar or $3 preferably. You got two uh, right here. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Say, what, man? I donate too much money to your kicks. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I want my own personal black suit of death. If he puts a level out there, I'll donate to that. <laughs> <laughs> I, sure, a thousand dollars. Whoa! And you get like I, don't know, I have no idea. I have this friend that uh, makes cosplay costumes, and he's pretty good at it. And he keeps he keeps telling me you need to make a black suit of death one. I was like, yeah, that would be awesome. I have no money, dude. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, to, I would I would because I'm kind of a perfectionist. I would want it to you know be made out of leather and metal and just just be vicious. And God, I can't even imagine how much that you could probably do it with scrap leather. Yep. I know that comes pretty cheap. He said, um, he said leather. <laughs> can you ma- I can imagine a few cosplayers I like to see in a leather it's, outfit it's, like that. It's, it's black suit of death, not black, not, not like BDSM. <laughs> what? I, I, know, I know what you're thinking over <laughs> no, there. I wasn't no, thinking yeah. anything. What are you talking about? <laughs> I don't go there. I'm going to kill you slowly. <laughs> <laughs> there are seven deadly sins. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I'll tell you what. I really do hope you make it this time. Are you asking for the same amount or, or less or more? Okay, this this is the big thing. We actually need a little bit more. Ah. So what happened was when we uh, did the Kickstarter in August and September of last year, we uh, came up with a number. Um, we had a few friends read the script after our uh, Kickstarter didn't meet its goal because we wanted to know if we were going in the right direction. Um, if we're going to relaunch this thing, we want to make sure that it's what we promised it was. And what the feedback that we got was that Black Suit of Death didn't actually appear in issue one. Um, issue one being an origin story, and uh, we're working hard. Our goal is to make it a character-driven story. And so you know, it kind of focuses on Ed Grimes and his life and why he chooses to uh, commit suicide. And it ends with him going out into the desert, which I thought was a fine ending. And I think it would be if it was like a monthly comic yeah, where you wouldn't have to wait forever for the next issue. But it's not. It's at best a annual comic, um, though we are uh, trying to work on uh, fixing that issue. Um, see if we can't do two of these a year. <clears throat> so the audience has a long time to wait between issues. So we went back and uh, looked at the script, looked at what we could do. Is there a possible way we could tell the discovery of the suit in issue one? So Ed and I, we um, found a way to actually trim uh, three and a half, four and a half pages out of the script. So it went from 24 to about 20 pages. And we're going, okay, well, we can do these four pages and do, you know, the discovery of the suit right there. And those four pages quickly turned into eight. <laughs> and so As they we do. Go, yeah, yeah. So we go like, can we trim anything else? And we actually went back and trimmed stu- stuff again, but again we kept getting up to twenty eight. We're going, you know what? This is this is the story. 
we did a final draft. I think our final draft was actually last month, I think, is when we finally locked it in. Mm-hmm. And uh, we love the script so much more. <laughs> and the, uh, our readers were right, which is awesome. You know, sometimes you get so involved in the story and what you're trying to create that uh, you're, I, I get blinded. Ed really uh, talked me into, you know, doing these extra pages to, you know, so that people get to see the suit and how important it was that they do see the final suit. And, um, you know, as creative types kind of get blinders on about our our project. And uh, it's uh, thankfully comics is a collaborative thing. And I got these great people working with me and great people, you know, helping me uh, are, are, readers, the guys that read the scripts beforehand and whatnot. And so we got this really, really amazing script. Like, I don't want to, like, diss what we were going to do last year, but this script is so much better, and I'm really, really happy with it. But it's also led us into, like, okay, well, let's go rewrite the scripts that we've, you know, had in the past, because it's got to match this one. It has to be as good or better than this one. And so we just uh, finished a new draft of issue two. We're working on a new draft of issue three. And um, things are building up. It's like, this is what the series was supposed to be. We were supposed to fail in August and September. That Kickstarter was supposed to fail. Because what it did is it created this new momentum. This, I mean, I'm getting really excited about it because <laughs> I'm thinking about it. It's like, if we had succeeded, Black Suit of Death wouldn't be what it is today. And what it is today is what it sh- what we wanted to do 20 years ago in, when we attempted to make a, a, a short film about it. This is what it was always supposed to be. It was always supposed to be drawn as a comic by Dexter Wee. It was always supposed to be colored by our colorist, our new colorist, uh, Brian uh, uh, Magne. It was always supposed to be this thing that it is today. And we're very excited and, and actually thankful our Kickstarter wasn't successful because it was uh, a kick in the ass <laughs> is what it ended up being. It's like, you guys n- need to work harder on this. And we have in the last six months, we've put uh, uh, every effort we possibly can in, uh, uh, in writing the story, working with the artists, uh, scripting and scraping, saving. I can't say that metaphor. <laughs> You say stripping? What? <laughs> Stop, stripping yet. and saving. Stripping and saving. That's how you do it. <laughs> <laughs> now I'll tell you what. Got a picture of me on a stripper pulling. Oh, <laughs> so wrong. Book two. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny because there is there is a, a scene not with me but with stripping poles <laughs> in issue three. You guys can look forward to that. Nice. See, all I need now is to appear in this book too and die. That's I, I've I've made it. <laughs> so um that's issue two we're very excited about it actually i'm like i'm really excited about the kickstarter for issue two um hopefully we don't we don't need one that you know we'll be able to do this in stretch goals that's like my dreams like i don't want to run another one of these they're so hard they take up so much time you yeah you're, you're telling the right person man <laughs> <laughs> i had no but, like I've, I've interviewed so many creators that, that do yeah. kickstarters and stuff and they always talk about how much work it is and, you know, but you don't really know until you've experienced it yourself. Yeah. I mean, like four and a half hours a day is probably on average what I'm devoting to the Kickstarter. Yeah, it's it's nuts. It's a lot. And you have to keep doing it because if you fall behind on anything, you know, you run the risk of not succeeding. And it's a lot of work. It's crazy, man. 
Yeah, I we've mean, been doing pre-promo for six months, and it's that's taken up tons of time too. And yeah, the next uh, thirty days are going to be wild. <laughs> oh, but yeah, so issue two, we're going to kill off uh, tons of people. So right now, the script has. Uh, God, I don't know. I think it's 20 visible killings. And so we're planning to do somewhere between, uh, as a Kickstarter uh, reward, you can get your draw, get like 16 people can get their faces uh, drawn on a character that gets uh, brutally murdered by the Black Suit of Death. That's awesome. Because we, we wanted the first, the first time Black Suit of Death to kill to just be an all out all out massacre, just something that's just horrible horrible and horrifying and something to just really fuck with our character. <laughs> well, those, and, those uh, rewards seem to go really well. I mean, we had, uh, we had four, not for issue one on ours, but for issue two. Yeah. Uh, Cause I mean, we're, we're making issue two regardless of whether we hit our stretch goals or not. Um, yeah. which funny well, it out of pocket, but <laughs> those were yeah. the first four rewards that went <laughs> was the opportunity <laughs> to get yourself drawn in. So there's definitely a demand for people to see themselves in comics. Yeah. And it's 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 pretty exciting, and so I'm um, uh, trying to figure out how to work that into this Kickstarter. And uh, we do have a few a uh, few options to be drawn in as a background character, but I don't think that's quite as exciting as interacting with the main characters. And uh, so as I was building the rewards, I was trying to find something, and I think I got something. I'm not. We'll see how it goes. See what people think. I got it, man. Two guys that look like us wearing comical podcast shirts in that massive murder scene. <laughs> <laughs> You just, you just put us in the background pointing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm already pumped up for this book. I mean, seriously, I was waiting for it back then. I'm pumped again. I, I'm i definitely going to sponsor you, of course. Uh, I know he will. Yeah. Uh, awesome. Man. Thank you. <laughs> I've, already seen, I've actually already seen the Kickstarter. Ben sent me the promo link for it. So oh, that's there. right. Yeah. Uh, it, looks, it looks really good. Yeah, I've done a lot since then, but yeah. Um. One of the reasons uh, that I think that we didn't quite make it last time is we were able to generate a lot of excitement just with uh, the story idea by itself, and that was really cool. But uh, again, you know, we went to uh, friends and acquaintances that we know and asked, "Well, what did we do wrong?" And they said, "Well, there's no art. There was uh, all we had at that time was some character sketches and uh, I think a couple uh, pinups from Ides of March." And we're going like, well, yeah, because we're trying to raise money to cover the art because art's expensive. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, you know, what we did is uh, Ed and I, you know, uh, looked at uh, what we could do. And, you know, we could do like 100 bucks a month or something like that. Uh, and over the last six months, we ended up spending, I think it's somewhere around 900. I don't have the number in front of me, but we spent about 900 bucks on art and uh we got uh three complete pages so the first three pages which is the first uh uh gag in the book uh drawn and colored and uh lettered because i'm the letterer <laughs> so we don't have to pay that really uh, you're a letter I, I no holy idea. crap i know <laughs> yeah, for, making... those, for those who don't know ben's lettering my book as well <laughs> yeah so yeah uh, support his Kickstarter too, damn it. Um, no, seriously, I need the work. Yeah, he's going to use that uh, money to fund his. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, so. <laughs> just so you know, Ben, he hadn't paid me yet either. So I'm just saying. You haven't done anything. 
I, I do. I don't do this podcast for free. Where's my cash? <laughs> I'm buying some chicken. Some chicken. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I can't wait. I want to own some of Dexter Wee's uh, original art. I mean, if you're going to have that on one of your things too, I, that's probably what oh, I'm going to. Holy shit! So a couple weeks ago, he surprised me with a pinup of Black State of Death as a uh, Frank Frazetta. Death Dealer homage, hmm. and Brian just finished coloring it, and it's going to blow you guys away. If you like Frazetta, it's, oh, jeez, it's like just tears of joy, man. And then today, oh, my God, Dex, he is so great to work with. Um, Dexter dropped in my uh, Facebook Messenger because that's where we do a lot of our talking because he lives over in the Philippines, and he – uh but this picture of Ed transforming into the Black Suit of Death, and uh, it's all in you know one picture. It's it's a. I think uh, we're going to use it as a uh, bonus pinup or something because mm-hmm. just dropped this on me out of nowhere, and <sighs> we had talked about it, and I had showed him what I you know wanted, but you know I was expecting you know this is to be like a, at the end of the book when it actually happens in the story, and he just drew this pinup thing for me, and like the first reaction, you know, I'm tired. I just woke up. I open up Facebook because it's always on my computer. So it's basically just, you know, moving the mouse to clear the screen and get the programs going. And there's this picture that I've been waiting 20 years, the scene I've been waiting 20 years to see. And it's there. And it's like, holy shit. <laughs> so I forward it to Ed and he types to me, holy shit. And I go, like, I know, right? <laughs> it's like we're all on the same wavelength. And there's no feeling like it. I, I completely understand what you mean. I mean, it's, it's, I don't know if humbling is the right word, but it's just, it comes over you, you know, you created something and, you know, as a writer, you're very attached to these characters and then to see it brought to life in art by, by, by a phenomenal artist, it's hard to put into words. And so it's, it's really exciting. And, um, there's, there's a feeling that, you know, Going into a Kickstarter, comics, they're 50-50 in success rate on Kickstarter, I think. It's, it might be worse. It might be 40-60. <laughs> it's, it's difficult to raise money for comic books. Um, and so going into this, you know, there's the fear that you know, we're not going to hit goal again, especially since you know, our original goal was 5,396, I think. Mm-hmm. And our new goal... Uh, we're going for for a flat rate of six thousand, which actually means we're going to be eating some of the shipping ourselves. Uh, we just didn't feel that a goal higher than six thousand was achievable, considering that you know how difficult it was to get five thousand last time. Yeah. But seeing what we've created so far, seeing this thing come to life, hearing people's reactions to it, um, this is something that that has to be made. You know, I have to make it. Like, at the very least, I have to make it for myself. Or for its sake, because it it has life. I need to nurture it. You know, <laughs> it's 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 strange. And so, if we can't make the goal, we're gonna find a way to make this book. Um, we're we have the story in us that we have to tell. Uh, we really just need to make it. So we're gonna find a way to do it. Um, if it's if it's you know one page a month or what, <laughs> you know, like like we've been doing the last six months, just seeing it evolve into what it is. I don't, if you're not a, a creative person, I'm not, I don't know if you guys, if other people experience this in other occupations, but 
you get to a point where you get so involved in, in your work that you don't have a choice. You can't quit. And there's been days, like even recently, where it's just, it's so hard to keep going. You go, no, I'm just, I'm going to go back to manufacturing. Fuck this. I can't do it anymore. <laughs> it's going to go back and, you know, be a worker bee. Well, the, write, the writing, at least for me, is never a chore. Like, I never dread writing. Like, it's so much fun. I, I, oh, I enjoy it so much. Isn't it? But <laughs> the, the marketing and the promotion and the constantly having to try to put yourself out there and get people interested and create buzz. Like, yeah. I don't want to say soul-sucking, but it's kind of soul-sucking. Like, oh, it's totally soul-sucking. <laughs> I will say it. Stop sucking uh, my soul. <laughs> it's a lot of, it's a wait, lot wait. of work. It's the one thing you don't want sucked, right? Yeah. Whoa! <laughs> it depends, man. <laughs> depends who's doing it, I guess. Right. <laughs> no, I mean, it, it is an incredible undertaking. Um, and, you know, really, to make it easier, the best thing you can do is surround yourself with a good team. And it looks like you have a really good team, just like I do. And uh, I have a lot of confidence you guys are going to succeed this time. You've done an incredible job doing pre-promotion for it, uh, doing the thunderclap and, like, getting the word out there. I I think you guys are going to make it this time. And we'll do anything we can to help you guys get there. We've definitely put in the work. Uh, That's that's for damn sure. (laughs) Are you planning on going? I think we may have talked about this before. Are you going to do more podcasts? Uh, Yeah, I have a couple more lined up, and I'm uh, working to line up some more. Uh, Last time, the podcast really helped, I think, and they're so fun to do. Like, your show is just a joy to be on. Uh, You guys are are great and freaking hilarious. Um, I I keep telling everyone they should have a right. You guys should have a, a radio morning show or something because that's what I listen to. I miss those. They don't have them anymore, no, or they no, do, no. and the guys are just so lame. Yeah, Johnny Fever hit ninety six point five. You guys could wake me up in the morning. That'd be awesome. <laughs> I'm not sure you want Miguel to wake you up back? in the morning. Yeah, I've, I've been woken up by Miguel. It's it's not always as fun as I think it's going to be. What? <laughs> what about woke you up? <laughs> now, uh, uh, since the last time we were with you. I don't know if I recommended some guys to you, but obviously uh, some of our friends who do podcasting have a lot of followers as well, and they have different followers. I recommend uh, – I'll send out a tweet to them, or I'll try to get in touch with them as well for you. Uh, the Nth Cast, they have a lot of followers, and they do a lot of different shows. They, ha- they have a different area they can probably reach out, you know, who you will talk to with them. They'll get other people that you wouldn't get listening to us. Uh, the Comic Syndicate is some more of our friends out in California. i got to step away for just one second. Uh, we have a special guest just walked in. Oh, yeah. Metal Geeks is another guy. Um, but those kind of guys, you know, the told different audiences that they could probably help you. And the biggest thing is, is I don't know if you've seen some of the tweets I've sent out when I include you on them. Now I use hashtag yeah. Potter and family. Uh, yeah. a while back, a bunch of podcasters came and they approached us. Hey, we're going to start doing this hashtag Potter and family to spread the word about the rest of these podcasts. And so everybody who's been on there have been using it a lot and because of that. My numbers have increased on Twitter and a bunch of other stuff. And so, We'll definitely use that to help spread the word about your book again this time. Yeah, I've uh, actually been using that in uh, my search for uh, other podcasts to be on, and um, the at Potter and Family has been really helpful in uh, finding uh, comic-related uh, podcasts that I've been able to uh, contact and uh, put things in motion. I, I probably should have done this uh, last month, <laughs> but... Uh, I've been getting busy this year. Got got uh, a lot more work than I have in the past uh, than last year, and so that's pretty exciting. Well, that's cool. Yeah, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, Stripper Dave is in the house. Whoop whoop. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. So uh, so Ben, this is my co-writer George. What's Howdy, up, guys? 
How's everybody doing today? Doing good, man. I didn't mean to crash y'all's party. I guess I arrived a little too early. No, that's cool, man. We started kind of late, actually. Justin, told, really late. Justin told me to be here at noon. Just saying. <laughs> and it is. But you getting a kid to Ben because it's 1230. <laughs> just mess with you, Ben. 1230. Oh, my gosh. 10.30. 10.30. This is when I usually get up. No, I'm kidding. I have kids. I get up at the crack of dawn. I just don't get up until about now. So, uh, Mr. Metal Geeks, you should have Ben on. Doing his Kickstarter. Of course, you know he's doing work for you, so it would help him. Yeah, most definitely. <laughs> I, I will totally recommend that to Carrie, who books everything. I, I don't have the I don't have those strong says in Metal Geeks. I just I'm the goofy one in the Metal Geeks. <laughs> Come on, man! Black Suit of Death sounds metal enough for you. Period. It most definitely does. <laughs> now, if he comes out with a guitar, I'm totally in. <laughs> like if he kills somebody with a guitar, oh hell yeah. He did say axe. Yeah, he did say stripper pole. So you know, George is at the house now. <laughs> He's in your house. That's right. I, it's stripper poles everywhere. The the universe actually has a, a metal band in it uh, that uh, is uh, part of uh, that's introduced in again in issue two. It's a call. They're called Eastern Standard Time or EST, and they are a metal parody band. Huh. So they they they're like Weird Al if he did heavy metal or uh, uh, hard, more crazy songs, <laughs> and that uh, that actually came out of our filmmaking days too, where uh, we uh, went into a studio and actually recorded one of the songs, a parody of Marilyn Manson's "Beautiful People," called "Gullible People," <laughs> and. Um, you should, release, you should release some of those tracks as uh, rewards. Nice. Or, you know, they're on tape. <laughs> <laughs> that makes it even more metal, bro. They're on tape, so I am trying to find the most feasible way to get them uh, turned into MP3s, and so we can, so we can, you know, use those as promotional material. Dude, I could sing on that. <laughs> Instead of Mar- you know Marilyn Manson, you know we're killing strangers. We're licking strangers, <laughs> licking strangers. I don't know, man. It just sound kind of nasty and metal. <laughs> I don't know anywhere in metal where the people just lick randomly lick each other. Dude, the freaking tongues are always hanging out. That's just uh, Gene Simmons. <laughs> They're spewing and spitting everywhere. <laughs> All right. Well, Black Suit of Death goes live on Kickstarter Tuesday, April nineteenth at uh, noon. Which means they won't charge you till May 19th. Right. They won't charge you till May, th- May 19th. So you got plenty of time to get the money together uh, and have it waiting for them to charge you. Uh, support. Great thing to spend tax returns on. Exactly. <laughs> support Speak No Evil because uh, that money goes to support Ben so he can make more artwork for his Black Suit of Death. Exactly. Support Black Suit of Death. So either way, you're helping me, you're helping Ben. Uh, jump on both our Kickstarters. Help us out, guys. I already jumped on you. <laughs> I know, I hated it. <laughs> I saw it. It was nasty. Hey. <laughs> I'm still wondering where in the hell I'm going to get a piece of this pie. I'm not being asked to do anything. No, your, your, your likeness is being used in issue four. My likeness. I told you that. A horse. Yeah, and we're also in the works of doing like some really awesome special rewards that you're going to help out in. Yes. Uh, see, I'm being, I feel like I'm being used here. <laughs> you said you want a piece of the pie. <laughs> I got to get paid. <laughs> I told you I'm going to give you some chicken later. Some chicken. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on to everybody's favorite segment. Tell me a funny story. And this week, Miguel is up. Well, I told you that funny story in the office, and I can't remember. So there's my funny story. <laughs> <I'm> old. <laughs> 
Now, nah, here old. we go. Getting old. It's the funny story of the day. Yeah. Well, you know, I told you guys a while back that I've become a stronger man now that I've met my fear, you know, and I can take on spiders now. That's right. What kind of spiders? Any kind of spider. Any kind of spider. Like, I can take them all down. Camel can... spider, jumping spider, wolf spider. Have you ever seen a camel spider? <laughs> I've seen a camel. <laughs> he would scream at <laughs> him. Dude, I've he, seen he a camel spider. It's terrifying. He looking. couldn't handle a June bug the other day. Like, Whatever, man. <laughs> he's talking big game here, but I know he isn't. Speaking of so. June bug, an off freaking June bug got in the back of my shirt and bit me. They don't bite. Dude, that thing bit me. A June bug? Yeah. You sure it wasn't a horse fly? No, it was a June bug because when I pulled... <laughs> That's not funny. <laughs> that is funny. <laughs> when I pulled it out, when I took my shirt off and I looked at it, it was a freaking June bug. So I squished him so, what, with my hands. What was your spider did you, story? Did you feel like a god at that moment? That's right. <laughs> so uh, I was in the bedroom this morning. Oh, yeah. Waka, waka, waka. <laughs> anyway, so, with the spider? No, with the wife. Oh. Well, hey. sometimes she can be a spider. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying. <laughs> but uh, so we're sitting there talking, and uh, the dogs are in there, you know, messing around. And I got the laundry basket on the bed because I just finished folding, putting stuff up, and sitting there leaning on it, talking to the wife and just talking stupidness. And all of a sudden, uh, my eyes just focus like they go cross eyed because right in front of me comes down a spider. This thing was huge, man. I'm talking like Land of the Lost, big spider. I'm talking this thing could have took me and the dogs down, okay? So I, I'm looking for something to kill it. Like, I actually did jump, okay? I'm not a girl. It did freak me out. I wasn't really like, ah! <laughs> I jumped back. My wife's like, oh, my God, it's a freaking small spider. This thing is huge. I saw it close eye to eye. Or eye to eyes. So I was looking for something to kill. I found a DVD. Star Wars. Nope, nope, nope. <laughs> Put it back down. <laughs> I got the DVD of Friday and a DVD of some other cheesy horror flick my wife bought that has like four cheesy horrors you buy at Walmart for five ninety nine. You know the crap I gave you for Christmas? Yeah. So I'm like swinging at this stupid thing and trying to smash in between. It's moving around. I swear to God, I'm not making this shit up. The thing came at me. It literally jumped toward me. It like released itself off of this freaking web and jumped down into the basket. So now she's, my wife's like, it's in the basket. I know it's in the basket. I'm sitting here trying to whack it with the DVD, and I can't get it. She goes, oh, my God. Can you not kill it? The dogs are looking at me now. If dogs could laugh, I figured they were laughing because they want to eat this damn thing. You lost all their respect. <laughs> so, I was like, this guy's our master? <laughs> I am the alpha. <laughs> and the omega. So I'm here trying to stop this stupid thing. This spider's like, I kid you not, he was weaving in and out of the holes. Of the basket. I'm like, I smack on the outside, he goes inside. Smack on the inside, he goes to the outside. I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? What the hell? Why didn't you just blow torture? That's what I would have done. Yeah, because I have one of those laying in the bedroom. I like burning my wife in the middle of the night. Psst, how you like this? How you like it? Hey, the smell of burning flesh the, turns the me on. things y'all do at night. <laughs> we don't know what you're into. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not into that. <laughs> so finally, I throw the basket down on the ground. The spider falls down to the bottom. Ah, I got you now. You. And then he jumped up. I'm like ah! So I swung down, and I knocked him back down in there. And then I'm like, okay, I got him. And the, wife is, the wife is laughing at me. Here I'm fighting for my life, and she's laughing at fighting me. Fighting for your life. <laughs> so I finally smashed the damn thing, and she's like, and I'm like, <sighs> <sighs> <laughs> she's like, what is wrong with you? I got him. Why are you panting so hard? Woman, did you just not see what I went through? <laughs> I fought a spider in a basket. <laughs> so this is like the equivalent of like Frodo trying to fight the spider in Lord of the Rings. Exactly. It was, she was that big. <laughs> <laughs> a little role reversal. But I didn't have a sword. <laughs> I didn't have... The, the DVDs was a sword. It was a terrible sword. It had no jagged edge. <laughs> I was like, it was really bad. And, and even though when I went to come pick it up after it was dead, I felt it was still moving and I dropped it. <laughs> just stomp on it a few times. No, no, I, I picked it up with my hand and I dropped it back in the basket because I freaked out because it was moving. Of course, the wife laughed at me. I, I swear to God, I think the dog laughed at me too. <laughs> it was pretty bad. But yeah, but uh, dude, it was actually, I kid you not, 
I felt like this spider was trying to take me on, man. He was trying to take me out. He was your Moby Dick. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know me. But I, I, I feel now that I'm confident. I could do Fear Factor. I could lay in a thing of spiders and. Dude, I totally take oh, we, you up we on can that. We can make bet. that happen. No, we're not making that crap happen. <laughs> <laughs> we can do that for episode 150 or something. I would like cry, crap myself, and everything else, and that die. Could totally happen. I know some friends with tr- like pet tarantulas. Dude, there's plenty of them crawling outside of my house. Tarantulas? Yeah, the size of my hand. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't need that. <laughs> that's, why, that's why I own so many dogs. Protect me from these killer spiders. <laughs> All they do is just sit there and laugh at you, though. Yeah, probably. <laughs> well, I was wondering where the hell the cat was at. The black cat that kills everything? There you go, the black cat of death. She was nowhere to be found. <laughs> she was in the window. Freaking stupid spider. <sighs> good, good, good job conquering your fear. I did it, man. I killed that spider. Because that spider was, I'm going to spell it out for you, S-A-W-F-T, soft. I'm also a wrestling guy, if you can tell. <laughs> That's from wrestling. <laughs> They're looking at me like I'm weird. <laughs> you are weird. <laughs> I, I didn't catch that reference, sorry. All right, well, Ben, you got a funny story for us? <laughs> what? What? No. I <laughs> tuned me out when I started talking wrestling. <laughs> I, don't, I don't blame you. <laughs> I've actually too. been watching. I think most of other people did. He was taking care of a spider. <laughs> a spider. You got a funny story for us as well, Ben? Uh, uh, not, it's not particularly funny. <laughs> so I got a three-year-old son, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, we recently discovered how funny poop is. And so now whenever songs come on the radio, they become uh, poop songs. And uh, our, our favorite right now is uh, Uptown Funk You Up. And uh, I don't know how funny it is. Like he 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 doesn't want to come over here and sing it though. So I was gonna. <laughs> He's like, no, I don't want to. Um, <laughs> you could tell tell him he could be an internet radio star. <laughs> I don't think he cares, man. <laughs> he's got he's got his breakfast or snack or whatever he's doing. Uh, so you know we just. Uh, do silly things like uh, change um, lyrics to like instead of uptown funk you up, it's uptown fart on you or uptown poop you up. Nice, that and, sounds good. Yeah, so everything is a poop joke now. So yeah, not not a particularly funny story, but <laughs> no, I get that. It's like every dad does that because I used to do that with my kids it, it, too. It was better than Miguel's. Hey, hey. <laughs> I still I still like make poop jokes. <laughs> I just made a poop joke in your bathroom. Oh. <laughs> the wife reminded me of a funny story, but I, I, I don't know about that. <laughs> Is it related to poop? No. <laughs> hey, I turned around and looked at your bowl after I flushed and said, I don't know what you got till it's gone. <laughs> don't know what you got till it's gone. <laughs> there you go. It's one of those embarrassing stories we're going to tell his girlfriend when he's older. Oh, nice! But, but I don't—I don't know if it's appropriate for uh, the air. <laughs> Everyone, do it, do it, do it. She's egging uh, you on, dude. Yeah, you have to do it. He—he—he he, he likes to feed his his wiener. <laughs> <laughs> what man doesn't? <laughs> like, can you elaborate a little? <laughs> so. Um, uh, yeah, we caught him uh, trying to feed it a you know goldfish cracker, and he he does it on a kid. It's like, okay, <laughs> that's not where food goes. <laughs> Maybe he's just on uh, something better that we just don't know about. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> it does have a mouth. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> that's when he starts saying. He's- 
Is that I'm how sure you like it? He's going to kill me for revealing all this funny stuff he does. Uh, it's, it's it's fine. He'll tell you like my daughter tells me. I have control <laughs> of the home you're going into when you get older. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, freaking hilarious. I saw Justin do that the other day. <laughs> so yeah, what's the penis? problem, Ben? That's perfectly normal to me. <laughs> he was on break. <laughs> I'm on break. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, that was pretty funny. <laughs> That's great. <All> right. <laughs> Let's move on to this week's comic, movie, and TV news so we don't make the show go too long. It would have been awesome if his wife would have said he did that. <laughs> <laughs> I learned it from you, Dad. <laughs> he had to learn it from somewhere. <laughs> what do you guys want to talk about first, comics, movie, or TV? Give me some comics, man. Okay, there's not a whole lot comics-wise. Uh, Deadpool is getting a second ongoing series, uh, Merc for Money. Uh, Colin Bunn's writing it. You know, he's written most of the Deadpool miniseries, but now he's coming back and actually doing an ongoing, which I think is kind of cool. Cool. Uh, it's being drawn by Ivan Koblar. Not familiar with that guy. Hmm. I must write you. Nice. Uh, <laughs> Marvel is apparently also doing MasterCard designs. Uh, they've come some kind of promotion with MasterCard where you can go to marvel.com and apply and get like Captain America versus Iron Man Civil War themed MasterCards. So it's like the equivalent of again, having like Mickey Mouse on your credit card. Pretty much. Nice. Yeah. It's cool. Well, it kind of makes sense since you know they're owned by Disney. Yeah, and Disney owns that market. I can like see credit cards. I can so see you getting that Spider Woman one. You know that one where she's like shaped like an apple. She's upside down. <laughs> All the controversy. <laughs> I'd get the Killing Joke one. You know the Joker. That's, you know. that's DC man. I don't care. <laughs> that's the one I want. Man, know, know your know your production studio. I know. I was about to say, make it happen, <laughs> DC. Damn it. <laughs> they had the Bat card. It didn't work out too well for them. Uh, that's it for comics. Like I said, there was not a lot. All right, uh, give so me some movies. Movies. Yeah. Uh, they announced the next Spider-Man movie. All right. They subtitled it Homecoming. I hate that title. And they spent no money on the design of the title. <laughs> it looks like crap, right? What the freak? It is. It's like, like my kid could do better than that, and he's <laughs> three. <laughs> the logo really does not look very good. Um, I was very underwhelmed. I mean, I understand they want to like make it more lighthearted and fun and like kid-friendly, I guess, than he has been in the past, but... That that logo just does not work. I do like the name though. I think you like Homecoming. I think it's appropriate because we've been waiting so long for Spider Man to return to Marvel. Yeah. There's also been several uh, Spider Man storylines that have been called Homecoming. Oh really? There's like probably ten or eleven of them that I can think of. Uh, that they could draw from to do this storyline. Oh, okay. Yeah, man, know your shit. I'm sorry. I don't read, <laughs> apparently, I don't read any Spider-Man. I was thinking this whole entire time, if the movie doesn't ha- take place some at some point in time at a homecoming dance, I'm going to be upset. <laughs> Why? Because you never oh. went? No, oh, actually, I never did. You man, I hope for that scene now. But you were in a strip club. Who cares? Man, that's true. <laughs> All right. Uh, they also announced that Michael Keaton is being courted for the villain role in the movie. I heard about that. For Spider-Man? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, he'd be an interesting villain. Who would he play? Um, well, there's speculation that he's going to be the Vulture. I was going to say that. He did there's good Birdman. Yeah. <laughs> I think he could pull off Tombs. It's, it's a pretty pretty good role for Keaton. Is he going to shave his head? He'd have to. Yeah, yeah he'd have to. He has pretty short hair as it is. And he keeps it pretty short nowadays anyways because uh, he got tired of going. He's kind of like me. You know, he's going bald. We just shave it all off. It's just better that way. So right now, I actually, I'm have... enjoying the resurgence of Michael Keaton. I think he's doing great. Yeah, I do too. Oh, I love that he's back. He's nope. just a phenomenal actor. Very underrated. Can't wait to see that Beetlejuice too, though. What? Is that actually coming? Because last time I read, they said yes, and then they said no, and then they said yes, and now they're saying no. There's, I don't. Oh, know if there's last been... time I heard it was yes. 
So I could be wrong. <laughs> Maybe I'm wrong. And Tim Burton you're, said, you're no, 12, fuck you guys. I'm Charles. It's not on IMDb yet, so I don't believe it. Damn it, man. Or, <laughs> we're getting I Bill and Ted 3, though. Sweet. I, can't, oh I am so excited God, for Bill yes. and Ted 3. So great. <laughs> <laughs> I just wonder how they're going to fill the gap of, um, what's his face missing? Rufus. Yeah, Rufus. Yeah. I don't know. CGI. Younger, <laughs> it'll be younger Rufus from his past comes back to find it him. Has to right. be, it has to be like something oh, like Rufus retired or something like that. Yeah. And he has a replacement. John Lithgow? Yeah, sure. Is he still oh, alive? Yeah. Yeah, Lithgow's still around. Okay. Is Floyd? Floyd would be scary. <laughs> All right. We also uh, got the Doctor Strange trailer this past week. What did I tell you? Dope as shit. It I told awesome. you Cumberbatch was going to be the shit. It's well, kind of like Inception meets a Marvel movie. I don't think it was him that made it awesome. I think the visuals made it awesome. Yeah. Although I don't doubt that he's going to be great in it. I just, it looks amazing. Yeah, I'm actually excited for it. Tilda Swinton, Swinton is uh, the uh, the all knowing. Yeah, yeah. What's it, what's that called in Doctor Strange? Uh, the ancient, isn't the ancient, the ancient one. one? Thank you. Yeah. Did you see it, Ben? In the trailer? Yeah. Oh, only about ten or twenty times. <laughs> <laughs> Man, you need uh, to like- watch a couple more times. I think. There's this great joke. There's this meme going around that has the cover, the poster for uh, Into Darkness in Doctor Strange. Oh, I did see that. Yeah, that's it's funny. like the director saying, could you just turn around, Mr. Cumberpatch, please? Just turn. No, no. And I, I'm not doing it justice. But it's, I don't know, made me laugh. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's an internet meme going around. I saw that. It's funny. Well, there's that one, uh, the one little snippet of him jumping. On the street, <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> and I've seen that put into so many things, and it's it's hilarious. It's, it's great, yeah, it's I've really seen great. That too. It's really. almost as good as the John Travolta, like where am I kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, and that really Fiction. took off from yeah. nowhere. Uh, what the hell is that? <laughs> well, it's him from Pulp Fiction, yeah, and everyone just think thought it would be funny if they just randomly put him everywhere. I, I saw one from uh, uh, Hitchcock's movie um, Psycho. Oh yeah, yes, and know, he's standing the outside the the curtain. Oh my she's god, like showering. He's like, where am I? <laughs> <laughs> It's pretty funny. Uh, let's see. Deadpool uh, number two has been confirmed. Like we already knew that was happening. We knew yeah, it was going to happen because of the money. We thought it was confirmed, and then there's this news. It's confirmed. It's like I already fucking knew that. <laughs> well, it's like it was officially greenlit. Yeah, it was officially it was. green. The only, the only really like good thing about it is that the whole team is coming back for it. Which uh, makes sense. same director, same yeah. writers, everything. So. Like I'm, I'm happy about that. So, uh, cable, yeah, like dream, like sequel dreams. What do you want for it? Since you're the biggest Deadpool fan, I know Bishop. Uh, what storyline would I like? Yeah. Um, I mean, the first one wasn't really based on a comic book storyline. It was all like it loosely talked about. It, like, it was copycat. a mashup of a whole bunch of different storylines. Like I think it's gonna have to do with um, let's do the LA story. It's gonna have to do with Deadpool and Cable probably. I mean, they're gonna they're gonna do X Force first and establish Cable and the New Mutants, and then Deadpool's gonna initially probably be a villain for them. Oh, X Force is coming out first. X Force comes out first. Yeah. I did not know that. I thought uh, Deadpool Two oh, was coming out first. No, they're doing X Force first, so it'll probably establish Deadpool and Cable building their relationship, and uh, there'll be a lot of time travel crap probably. But yeah, if X Men is really smart, they need to start sprinkling like Deadpool like randomly in their movies now. That would be smart. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> He's their biggest money maker. They should use him. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, we got the announcement that the Batman, Batman solo film is being done. Uh, it's being written and directed and starred in by Ben Affleck. That movie's gonna be dark as shit. <laughs> I just hope they don't like try to put like like weird humor in it, like they did with Batman versus Superman. That won't be no humor. He's just gonna be breaking next. I don't know. Shit. Ben Affleck's a pretty decent writer and director. Like Argo is amazing. Yeah, I'm the, and uh, like town. as heavy as material as Argo is, it has some levity to it every now and again. Yeah. I don't know if you can go all dark. I think you need that levity. Like, as someone that's writing kind of a dark story, 
we throw the jokes in there, um, not just because it needs levity, but because we like jokes. But I think any dark story, you can't have all dark. You'll, that's, you'll that's exactly tear the what audience Justin apart. I've been talking about when we were writing ours. <laughs> that's the thing with Batman, though. I mean, Batman has jokes and stuff in it, but very, very rarely do the the moments of levity come from Batman himself. They yeah, it's usually people villains. interacting with uh, yeah. Batman. It's yeah. his villains or it's his sidekicks, and it's never him himself. Like, come on, very man. rarely. He made that joke to Gordon. <laughs> very rarely. Like, once every, like, 30 issues, Batman will crack some kind of, like, <laughs> sideline joke. and you know. Or, like, in Dark Knight Rises, where he's like, oh, so that's what it feels like. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> but it's not a common thing for well, him. Well, maybe he'll reach out to his buddy. I really uh, Smith. for the Batman solo flick though. I really hope they tackle like Hush or something. That would be awesome. And yeah. not do Under the that Red Hood. That would get me to go see it. Because Under the Red Hood <laughs> is going to be so obvious if they do that. Yeah. I really want them just like, eh, let's just do Hush and then we'll sprinkle in hints for Under the Red Hood in Hush. That'd be awesome. Just don't yeah. put too much. Yeah, don't put, don't overstuff it like they did with the. The Court of Isles, where the hell they come from? <laughs> no, if they went ballsy with that, with the Court of Isles storyline, I would love to see a live action adaptation of that. That would be so cool. That would be. Well, still talking about Batman, uh, they announced that the Killing Joke, the uh, animated movie, is going to be rated R officially. Oh, yeah. Um, I talked about, uh, about this last night. We with talked you. about that last night, yeah. I think it's great. I mean, I don't think it needs to be rated R. It doesn't have to be, but. I think that you can make it a way more impactful and scary story and really show like how far the Joker's willing to go if you make it R. Yeah, but I think the material from the comic book doesn't deem rated R anymore for today's standards. Yeah. That's just me personally, though. The Joker's twisted. It's about time they realize how twisted he is and not just a funny guy. Seriously, I, I'm, I'm down for the R. It, it's kind of the penultimate Joker story, so it'll be interesting to see how they do it, how far they really take it. Because, I mean... The, yeah, <laughs> the rape, the rape, thi- the rape thing with uh, Barbara Gordon. I mean, it was never explicitly shown. Obviously, <gasps> you it, can't say that on this. Area. You know, there's al- also the <laughs> chance that it never even happened, and that it was really just him, you know, demoralizing her. Which you that's know, how I always took it as when I read it. I never took it as he raped her because he, he has Harley Quinn for that. Everybody interprets it differently. Hey, <laughs> it's dark. I mean, it's it's a dark story. So I think the R rating is probably justified. I mean, how would you feel if you're laying there naked and he's just taking Polaroids of you? One hour photo, man. And you can't move. <laughs> and you can't freaking uh, move. Moving on, though. Uh, Avengers Infinity Wars. You know, they're, they're doing part one and part two. Mm-hmm. They announced that the two films are not actually going to be like one giant story. Okay. They're going to be two separate storylines that kind of connect, which leads me to believe they're going to do the Thanos Quest storyline, which is my favorite Marvel story of all time. Um, I love Thanos Quest. And if they do that in the first movie and show him traveling the cosmos, collecting the stones, and fighting cosmic entities and shit. It's going to be amazing. That'll be cool. I, I really hope they have like a whole movie. They kind of need a him. movie just all about Thanos. Which, because at this point, he has no justification to being like the big bad yet. Yeah, who's right? that purple guy? Yeah. Hey, Kool-Aid! And Th- Thanos Quest will set him up as the villain and, and show how powerful he really is, which I'm hoping that's what they draw for for the first movie. Yeah. Word. So that's it for movies. Uh, <laughs> move on to TV. So uh, David Winham from Lord of the Rings has apparently been cast as Harold Meacham in Iron Fist, the Netflix series. Not too Ooh. familiar with him. David Wineham. Who did he play Wyn- in Lord of the Rings? I'm not sure. Not oh. anybody important. I don't oh, think. okay. Never mind. He was the third orc <laughs> from the right. I know they got the dude from uh, Game of Thrones. The- Sean Bean? No. Uh, well, oh. The Gay Knight. Uh, Night of Flowers. Night of- yeah, that's the guy that's playing Iron Fist. Yeah, that's the guy that's playing Iron Fist. <laughs> 
<laughs> you knew that already. We talked about that. I forgot about it, though. <laughs> <laughs> Iron fist. <laughs> yeah. have a whole Dumbass. New, have a whole new meaning for him. <laughs> um, hey, I, we talked about this a while back. I'm actually excited for this crap. I know you are. I know you. You were never a big Iron Fist fan, but you're starting to get... <laughs> I'm not getting the fist. <laughs> Uh, Fear the Walking Dead has been renewed for a third season. Still a little boring. I haven't seen the first episode of the second season. So I don't know. Uh, probably the most exciting thing for me is that uh, Neil Gaiman announced this week that he's writing a six-part TV miniseries based on the fantasy novel that he co-wrote with Terry Pratchett called Good Omens. Oh, cool. Did you ever read that? No. Uh, did you? No. All right. It's basically like a, a comedy story about the apocalypse. Oh, cool. And it, like follows. I name. didn't know Neil Gaiman can do comedy. Uh, it's. I, it's very different from his other stuff. Um, I think it'll be really cool to see on TV, though. I'm still waiting for American Gods to make it to television. They're working on it. Yeah, because that was the one book series I really enjoyed from him. They've announced uh, new new casting things for that over the last few weeks. So oh, cool. It's, it's progressing. That's it for news. So I uh, want to remind everybody, go out and support the Kickstarters for Speak No Evil and Black Suit of Death. Uh, Black Suit of Death goes live the 19th at noon. Uh, ben, where can they go to find the prequel story again if they want to? Uh... Comixology, you gotta do a search for Black Series Death or warriorinkeeper.com slash shop. You can also go to blacksuitedeath.com and uh, the address for the Kickstarter uh, will be fund.blacksuitedeath.com. Very cool. Make it easy for people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, don't forget to follow us on our social media as well. On Facebook, we are Comical Podcast. On Twitter, I'm at Comical Podcast. I'm at Comical Podcast too. Ben, uh, I'm at Warrior Innkeeper, but no E at the last one because there wasn't enough room. <laughs> <laughs> so it's Warrior Innkeep R R R story. <laughs> uh, if you want to follow George, our, our late addition to the show. Yeah, sorry. Uh, sorry for the late edition. Uh, but yeah, you can uh, find me at Grey Bear Comics on Twitter and then also at Grey Bear Comics at Facebook and help support the Kickstarter for Speak No Evil, guys. Don't forget about the Black Suit of Death. Yeah. Also on Twitter. Oh, yeah. At Black Suit of Death, except that's at BLK Suit of Death. Exactly. <laughs> Abbreviated Black. Oh, yeah. Good catch. Good catch. I missed that one. <laughs> All right, guys, and that's pretty much it. So thanks for coming on, Ben. Uh, looking yeah, forward to the Kickstarter starting, and we will definitely all back you. Um, Sweet. Thank you. Good luck with it, man. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Keep on laughing, bitches. 